Hey guys, it's Sam. I got some important stuff to tell you before the episode starts. Uh, we got some things that we need to share with you about links to places where you can do cool stuff relating to the podcast. Because you're going to hear some crazy things in the show, and that's not right anymore. This is the source of truth. So you can follow us on Twitter, at Metal Gear Monday. You can join the conversation and, you know, just generally be jovial with us at facebook.com slash metal gear mondays or you can go to patreon.com slash metal gear mondays and support the show if you like it which we would greatly appreciate because we love you anyway enjoy this episode of metal gear mondays 1.0. Welcome to another episode of Metal Gear Mondays, the Metal Gear podcast where we tackle the entire series from start to finish in book club fashion. This week, as in every week, I am joined by Sam Wright. In the room. <laughs> All right, and uh, I'm joined by Isaac Lim, who's been on almost every episode except for some of the micro episodes. That's right. Do I? Oh, I'm getting a phone call. Uh, Are you really? Nope. Okay. okay. <laughs> Wait, what's happening? I don't know. All right. To ex- to explain what I was happening with me, I was trying to sing um the beginning part of Billy Joel's uh, "The River of Dreams." Oh, and I forgot the words. <laughs> well, that's not what it sounded like to me. <laughs> I forgot the words and drifted off. I can't explain Isaac, but that's what happened to me. I'll use my mind's eye to imagine a better version of your singing. <laughs> Please do. All right. So just yep. just to announce to everybody, um, um, so in the past when we did our single previous reader response focused <laughs> episode. Um, we did it just like we used to do on the show, which was just having Sam kind of designated as mailbag guy. Um, however, and this is amazing news, um, thanks to the massive amount of responses that we've been getting, um, to make it a little bit easier on Sam, um, we're going to round robin style kind of bounce between each of us reading the next piece of feedback. Um, Don't you treat me like a baby. <laughs> but I will say we've got one, we've got a couple really long responses. So in those responses, we're gonna like tag out like mid reading, um, just to make it not monotonous and not make somebody's throat hurt like a motherfucker. Um, but um, just so you guys know, we are reading your responses and we will um, credit them to who they were said. But um, in in lieu of self-editing um and in lieu of timing um we we kind of edit some of these down to make them a little bit more readable um but also to make it um a little less us talking about how cool we are and um us just kind of getting to the meat of your comment um so if you do respond to us and uh or you send your feedback or comments or stories um we love it that you guys are like oh you guys are doing a great job but we just don't really feel comfortable like reading a whole bunch of compliments to ourselves all the time. We're self-conscious. Yeah, so that <laughs> combined with it feeling weird for us to talk about how good the podcast is. So 
Um, so yeah, so just know that um, with some of the iTunes reviews and some of the emails and stuff, we'll, we'll probably skim over like the you guys are so cool parts. Um, but if it is pertinent to your story, I did keep some of that in. Um, so yeah, without further ado... Um, no, don't stop telling us we're cool because that's cool. Yeah. Um, without further ado, um, I apologize for any of the UK listeners out there who yeah. have been responding oh in full force. Um we so we realized the other day that you actually have to change the nationality of your iTunes um, application yeah. in order to our, see uh, the other reviews. Our American brains didn't uh, come up with the fact that maybe there's multiple iTunes stores and that they were all aggregated. It, they're not. Yeah, who knew? <laughs> so. I actually thought that they were aggregated, but apparently they're not. So, mm-hmm. so we've just discovered this whole plethora of UK responses. So we're going to read through those before we get to emails and Facebook messages and all that. But I will let Sam take it away. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip this first one on our list because I want to tie it into the email that they sent us as well. Um, so I'm going to go straight to, well, ow, wow, there's two people that we need to tie to email, so we're just going to skip those first two. Okay. Um, I want to read a review, a five-star review from Zozo1981, Essential Metal Gear Solid, Essential MGS. Exclamation um, point. Exclamation point. Uh, Zozo uh, <laughs> says that, I fell in love with MGS as an 18-year-old girl, and now as a 34-year-old woman, and this is these are her words. Not mine. Yeah, I'm ancient. This podcast has taken me all the way back via some wonderful memories. Love the guys' affection for and honesty about the series, so much so that I have ordered the Legacy Collection to dive into once I'm done with The Phantom Pain. Um, And she says some nice things about us before uh, saying that, oh, and Snake is still the man of my dreams, even if you do reckon he has a fat booty. And he does. Yes. He's got the and he fattest. certainly does. He got that fat as ass. <laughs> Snake needs to pull over. That ass is it too took, fat. It took every ounce of my being not to uh. die while I said that. <laughs> that's, so, what, yeah. that's what I was hoping Zozo, you would read it. Zozo, oh. you're not the only one. Even if you do reckon he has a fat booty. So Zozo. Zozo Zozo Zozo. All I wanted to I had a question I wanted to pose to Zozo. And Zozo, if you're listening, please like us on Facebook and, and comment with your response or send us a contact email. Um I'm curious, so a lot of people say that Raiden was made the protagonist of MGS two to be more appealing to the female demographic. Um I'm assuming that since Snake is the man of your dreams that I already know the answer to this question, but was Raiden a more appealing protagonist for you? Question. As our only, as our only confirmed female listener, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> please answer this question. <laughs> because apparently, every time I fucking read somebody named Ashley, I need to quit assuming that it's a woman. Yeah, because that's <laughs> another one. Ashley Vincent, otherwise known as Vinny, um, gave us a five star review um, saying the boss would be proud. Um, Enjoys our analysis and our personalities, and it's also from Wales, which is so that's cool. fucking rad. Yeah, I'll, I've never had I've never had a Welsh fan before. Yeah. Also, thank you for the title of your review because uh, it made my heart flutter to know that the boss would be proud. Yeah. Um, Ashley uh, sent us a message on Facebook as well, saying that Metal Gear Solid Two is the reason why. He hates swimming pools, uh, swimming in deep water in real life. 
and the game that the game fucked him over, but he still loves it and tells us to keep up the good work. Yeah, I thought that was super yeah. interesting. Like, I please elaborate more on why it gave you a deep fear of swimming. Um, yeah, because I'm gonna go ahead and say they don't have landmines at your local pool. <laughs> There's mines there. <laughs> no, no, wait, no, no. There's no mines there. <laughs> so I think you're safe. You can go swimming in the pool. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and then we got another uh, five star review from Extreme Turnip, um, saying just awesome. Can't wait until we get to Metal Gear Solid Five, which is going to be a fucking doozy. Um, and also enjoys the show. Yeah, if anybody has any pro tips on how we should even fucking tackle Metal Gear Solid Five, I am yeah. wide open to re- recommendations because the way the plot is structured in that game, I have no idea how we're going to tackle it. Yeah. So, so we'll, we'll get into that later. But please offer suggestions if you have them. Um. And then we had one final UK iTunes review from Smokey01 UK um, saying a five star review saying that Monday is now my favorite day and it's essentially giving us a lot of praise and high recommendation. Um, and Smokey also sent us an email. Let's uh, see if you want to take a stab at that. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> so Smokey01 UK via email says. I had just purchased Metal Gear Solid Five and was hoping to find some help explaining the Metal Gear lore, which, to be frank, has really baffled over the years. I first played the original MGS in my early 20s after watching my younger brother playing it. At first, I was uninterested as stealth games were not really my cup of tea. However, then, my brother showed me the Psycho Mantis fight, parentheses, controller import 2. I was completely blown away. That started a love affair with the game and its many iterations that I now find myself still playing as I turn 40. My memories of MGS2 are predominantly outrage after realizing I was to play as Raiden for pretty much the whole game. <laughs> that said, though, I ended up playing it through. I ended up playing through it five or six times. Although, although I never did finish the European Extreme Difficulty level, it was just so damn hard. Anyway, thanks for the great podcast, guys. You brighten up my Tuesday commute into London. Tuesday. Well, yeah, Tuesday. that's not how you're supposed to do it. It's beca- no, it's I'm kidding. I it's a time up. difference. Yeah. Well, and I also f- fuck up when I release my edits because for those of you who listened way back during season one where I had way more free time, the episodes used to come up at like two o'clock in the morning on Monday <laughs> uh, central time. Um, so when you woke up, it would be there waiting for you. However, now I edit down to the wire and don't upload until like 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, yeah. usually. So we're trying to rectify that by trying to kind of do these recordings earlier. Um, but yeah, so I just want to apologize to people who used to use this as their Monday morning commute. Awesome. So thank you. Thank you to our UK fans. Um, we're sorry for shunning you for so long, but please do not take it as a slight. We're just dumb Americans. So. <laughs> <laughs> and Smokio one, um, I, I'm super intrigued by the fact that we uh, that we uh, caught you sort of uh, having just picked up MGS5, and uh, I urge you to any comments or questions or story stuff that you come across while you play it, uh, definitely save that for later. And uh, we'd love to hear your stories on MGS3 and MGS4 um, as we keep going. Absolutely. Um, Isaac. Sweet. Isaac, I've got some questions for you. 
I've gonna, Miss, I'm gonna uh, answer them. Our good, our good pal TJ Work, um, Mas- yes, mascot uh, of the show. TJ, show that's a little. That's a little. Um, we talked about this last time. That's kind of um, um, dehumanizing. Yeah, I'm and sorry. we should stop. You should stop calling him our mascot. He is a friend of the show. All right, TJ. All right, thank you. He's a good friend. Put your guns down, <laughs> yes. guys. <laughs> TJ, I almost uh, took a I, bullet I hear, for you. Yeah, I hear the uh, I hear the M4 shreds them up real nice. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Little callback to last week. Um, yes, <laughs> Isaac. Uh, yes, you are no longer songless. Thanks to TJ. <laughs> yes, TJ sent us all a lot of <laughs> well, music. We, we actually have another listener who I will read later, who is also trying to send you even more music. But he's not the first. That's true. TJ. <laughs> you never forget your first. <laughs> <laughs> TJ. <sighs> Flutter. Um, yeah, Jeez, he sent us all a lot of um, great music. Uh, I'm assuming it's kind of hard to um, pick up, but I'm assuming he was in all of these bands. Um, yes. He sent us songs from this band um, called Dubbed in English. Actually, I enjoy it. Yeah, it's Ooh. like industrial, like, uh, it's not my cup of tea, but I do enjoy it and um, from time to time. And I really like the song that he sang on called Fiction. And I, I don't know if he's willing to put the stuff public or whatnot, because they were all like Google Drive um, attachments. Yeah, we can so, we but, can feature some of the music if he's okay with that. If he's down with yeah. it, so TJ, we'll, we'll reach out to him before this episode comes out and make sure yeah. it's okay. But. I do have to apologize to TJ for because I, uh, me and TJ were having a small little convo on the side, and my responses were um, a little less desirably delayed. So I apologize, TJ. I will respond more. Punctual. <laughs> so you heard it here first, guys. If you email Isaac, he now is under contract, <laughs> under oath to respond quickly. Yes. Only to TJ, though. So. Oh, oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So if your name we'll is start. TJ or it's first name with a T, middle name with a J, you now yeah. have full access to Isaac's inbox. Yep. <laughs> anyway, but the, um, the song Fiction that he's saying on, he, he usually plays the guitar but he sang on the song called Fiction for the band he's in, dubbed in English. And I love that song. Like, I played it a couple times um, yesterday. And it's pretty catchy, guys. I don't know if you guys listened to it, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I liked it. Yeah, yeah, I enjoy it. Thank you for sending some tunes, because uh, yes. I know Sam's work may or may not permit the use of music, um, but my job where I sit at a computer for 99% of the day, um, I really enjoy having new music to listen to. So, no, uh, My job is the same way. It's not My job is not quite as creative as Alessio's job, but I spend uh, swaths of time sitting there listening to nothing. So I greatly appreciate always having new music to listen to, and TJ, you have provided me with a lot. Um, yeah. And I dig, I dig pretty much all of it. So. And I think I listened to his the whole discography for um, Black Market Opera. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. It was kind of a nostalgic, had a nostalgic feeling for me at least. Um, cool. How so? I don't know. I don't know. It was 
I couldn't pick it out. It, it felt like um, maybe it was the music that I used to listen to um, at a certain time. I don't know. I guess it had that, um, the voice had that, uh, mm. I don't know how to describe it. It's nostalgic. You can't describe nostalgia. Yeah, that's know? true. Um, well, and I will say I was a big fan. I listened to uh, having to edit the episode where we featured the song The Professional. Um, I ended up listening to it a couple times, and uh, I actually really enjoyed it a lot. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, The Professional is really good. I like that song. Yeah, I didn't mean to say actually with like an inflection like I can't believe it, but I actually enjoyed it. Um, no, it was great. So, and all the best to TJ in trying to form a new band now that he's in Baltimore, DC area. So, if anybody is interested in joining that band, uh, definitely reach out to TJ on our Facebook area. And uh, I think we should move on now, lest this yes. become the TJ podcast. TJ, so, TJ, <laughs> since we since we already mentioned um, the the other musical person, I guess we can talk about this next one. Mm-hmm. We got a lovely Facebook message from Nick Reed. Nick, you can stop. Um, you can stop wishing it was you. It's finally <laughs> you, my friend. So Nick says, and the re- the reason why I mention I mention that because we have another another regular uh, contributor, Nick. Uh, Nick Ziegler, old Ziggy Stardust. <laughs> old Zig Ziggler. Old Zig Ziggler. Um, I call him Nicky Ziggy Stardust now. <laughs> I just call him, I used to just call him Ziggy, uh, but now I call him Ziggy Stardust in honor of, uh, David Bowie. Can I just take a quick second? I don't want to get on a crazy tangent here, but I want to take a quick second. Because it's a Metal Gear podcast and because Kojima has said countless times how much he loves David Bowie and because Bowie's inspiration appears in both MGS three and in MGS five a lot. I just want to take a brief moment to mourn the loss of David Bowie, 69 years old, died of cancer. If you guys have not listened to black star yet, you owe it to yourselves to check it out. Oh my God. It is so good. That album is so good. And apparently it was recorded in three sessions in early 2015. And even the producer who worked on the record, knew that it was being recorded as the last album to come out. And, yeah. it, and it was released so that it would come out three days before he died or like within the week. I think it was like six days. So check it out. Definitely watch the video for Lazarus, which is essentially David Bowie saying goodbye to all of us. Um, and I don't know. I just, regardless of what you think of David Bowie or, or any sort of past, sort of uh, things that have been spread around recently um, that have become a little bit more mainstream about situations with young groupies. Um, I just want to say that I have the utmost respect for him and uh, that I think we lost a very important human being recently. So I know this is is going a little late uh, as far as condolences to Bowie and his family, but uh, I just wanted to say, say something about it. It's our, it's our platform. Yeah. So anyway, continue with Nick. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> Nick, uh, so sorry, Nick Reed. <laughs> it is finally your turn. <laughs> on, 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 on that note. On that note. So Nick says, uh, hey guys, I wrote a review on iTunes a while ago, but it mustn't have submitted properly or something. It was the first podcast review he's ever written. So that's cool. Um, but he doesn't think it worked. Um, on the podcast each week, you guys seem to be 
reading out things from people named Nick and keep getting he keeps getting really excited thinking it's me. But I soon realize that someone else called Nick after you read out what they said, and it gets my hopes up every time and then crushes my dreams. So I just thought I'd try to contact you on here instead. And it succeeded, so congratulations. Um, my first introduction to the Metal Gear series was watching a trailer from MGS1, but I never actually played it until MGS2, uh, which blew my mind on every level. I was in the fifth grade when I first played it at a friend's house. My friend was a big fan, and he was great at playing the game and showed me all the awesome things you can do. I soon bought it for myself afterwards and played it a million times. I found the game to be quite challenging as a kid, but the graphics and gameplay kept me hooked regardless. The story has since become the most intriguing part and after playing it after playing it again as an adult. I also live the tricky but I love the tricky but record, rewarding controls. You feel like a badass once you master the controls. I still consider this one of the most ahead of its time games I've ever played. Um, when you look at most other games from two thousand one to two thousand two, they were nowhere near this in terms of quality, scope, and technology. When 3 came out a few years later, I found the story and characters seemed so lame and campy in comparison. Interesting. Interesting. It didn't have the urgency and kojiminess of MGS2. To me, it felt like a more of a safe fan service rather than an extremely well-thought-out meta-trolling attempt at MGS2. And I was also a big fan of the sterile futuristic environments of 2. I've since gained a bigger appreciation for 3, especially since playing the HD remaster. The original PS2 release had pretty average-looking graphics and frame rate. I didn't mind the old camera view, but the fuzzy, overly brown, green, washed-out colors and average frame rate made it difficult to see sometimes, and was a huge letdown when compared to the silky smooth MGS2. I just remember hating the look at MGS3 as a kid. However, the gameplay mechanics in 3 were hugely expanded upon, which was awesome. Anyway, sorry for rambling. And mm. you're not rambling. It's all stuff that is good stuff to say. So, mm. Do you guys agree? With that, with what he said about three, I mean, I haven't played it yet, but I well, and I think so. Thank you, Nick, for kind of opening up the conversation about uh, quote unquote urgency and Kojima ness. Um, I'm gonna say it again, most definitely on next week's episode, but I think that MGS2 is quite possibly, for better or worse, the best example of a singular vision. So, like, there clearly was like an intention with MGS two and like no matter how good or bad that was on the whole game, they fucking stuck to it and saw it until the end. And I think in that sense, MGS two feels stronger and like every single part has something to contribute. But I think MGS three being a little bit more open and having like way more shit going on, um, and arguably being like a longer plot that was a little bit more surface value as opposed to like having this like meta insanity in the background. Um, I think it feels just like way more traditional and like a little less uh, risky than MGS2. Um, but I will agree too when 3 came out, I thought that the uh, graphics were a little less detailed than 2, which they had to be the, to be that big of a game. Um, so I would agree that I think three looks way better in the remaster. And I think that that says a lot about the art direction, because Mm -hmm. if that, if a game that old, including two and even one in some, to some respect, if those games can still hold up this far in the future, like, I think that says a lot about art direction and character design and, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So I don't know. I think ultimately three is a great game. And a lot of people actually cite three as being like the pinnacle of the series, but I will agree with Nick that I still think that MGS two is, is my favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I can also agree that it was, it was when I first played, I remember it being kind of, I haven't played the HD yet. I will obviously when we go into three, but, 
Um, when I originally played, I remember having a hard time like figuring out where things were and what things were when we were outside because of that that same thing. Mm-hmm. So I can agree on a lot of those points. But does not stop it from being a phenomenal. Yeah, Isaac, do you want to read the second half uh, of the of the response? Um, yeah, I can do that. So uh, Nick continues on saying the podcast rules i like many others just search metal gear solid in the podcast app on my phone and stumble across metal gear mondays i like the din- dynamic of you three together there's like the nerdy expert one expert one then there's like the cool stoner one <laughs> and nick i have a little beef with you here with this next statement and then there's the shy one that lacks confidence Isaac, what are you talking about? You're the cool stoner one. Oh no, no, I'm the cool stoner. One. <laughs> yeah, he did. That's he did so, clarify. He did clarify because we asked him, uh, oh. and he said that. So, Al- go ahead. Alessio is the uh, the nerdy expert one, which I don't understand. Why am I nerdy? <laughs> What's that voice, Alessio? I know. <laughs> I'm the cool stoner one because, if you recall, I had a very heavy, heavy, hefty cough. Yeah, for a cough. while, it was a weed I cough. Was, I yeah, was, it was, it was definitely a weed cough. So if you were a little confused by <laughs> my intro last week, it's alluding to this. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't actually smoke weed, and I did not have a stoner cough, but Nick seems to think so. And, and you know what? God gave me this voice, so I apologize. I have no control over my voice. And then, of course, Isaac is the shy one that lacks confidence. <sighs> so continue. Isaac, you tofu of a human. Can Re- you continue Whoa. reading? Oh God! Oh <laughs> Jesus! Just, not because of his. Not because of his heritage. Yeah, we just guys. crossed. Oh my! We so just many lost guys. all of the listeners. All of our listeners. All of our, all of our Asian. Guys. I just listeners. meant that Isaac was subtle and was shy, subtle, subtle and flavorless, <laughs> and Jesus. mushy. Jesus, he is very mushy. Oh, I don't. Anyway. Um, okay. In an, uh, in you guys a, seem in to have way. in a heart way. Yeah, your heart. You're so mushy and open. Have and a kind mushy heart and emotional, and I love you. <laughs> oh Continue reading. Continue reading the email. This is a please. Is a I'm backpedaling. Um, you guys seem to be great at remembering insignificant details <laughs> from the gameplay and story, while also forgetting and overlooking hugely relevant and important parts of the game. It's really strange. But I guess everyone takes different things from the game. All right. So, pause, pause mode. I, <laughs> Nick, I need you to clarify, buddy. <laughs> Please. I sent, I sent Nick an email or an email, a message on our Facebook group in the message uh, that he sent this on asking what he means by this. Because I feel like we've done a pretty good job. I feel like season one where we talked about Metal Gear Solid 1 was very much kind of a cluster mm-hmm. because we didn't really know what we were doing. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, too, we kind of shaped up. So... Yeah, I don't, I don't know what else we could have talked about into without literally like talking about individual credits. Like, I feel like we went really in depth with two. However, yeah. definitely get back to us on that. We want to be mindful mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. stuff like that. So if if you feel that way, or if other people feel that way, definitely let us know, and we'll be more thorough in the future. Yeah, absolutely, because um, we do it for you guys. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Continue, Isaac. I'm sorry. Also, shameless self promotion. Since I heard you guys heard you talk about someone someone's band, 
and playing a song of theirs. TJ? Our, our, our podcast is going to be just like showcasing <laughs> bands at, like after another year. Welcome uh, to welcome to fault. Metal Gear Mondays and also Battle of the Bands. <laughs> yeah, Metal Gear Mondays where we play metal songs. <clears throat> so <laughs> Nick plays the drums and sings in a funk metal prog band. Called sounds Eater incredible. of the Sky. Yeah, yes. That sounds fucking sounds amazing. Awesome. <laughs> Funk metal prog band, Eater of the Sky. Eater of the Sky. Incredible. Be Still My Heart is the name of the band. <laughs> uh, he's currently in the process of writing lyrics to a new song called The La Li Li La Lali Lu Lu. There's the the plot. You don't have to say it. You don't have to say it that fast. (laughs) (laughs) You have to. Yeah, the hyphens actually tell you to increase in speed. (laughs) Lali Lu Lu. I've never actually said it out loud. So Ah. Lali Lu Lu. Lali Lali Lu. Anyway. La, Lee. <laughs> what if those are the lyrics of his Lou. new song? <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> Isaac, Isaac, continue. I'm sorry. I am a huge fan of the grand conspiracy themes of MGS2. If you're interested, you should check out our release from 2014 on Bandcamp. So link us, dog, so he, I can put it yeah, in the show he notes. He didn't give us. He didn't give us a link, but I'm gonna. Oh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll put it in the guess, show notes. Yeah, we are. Yeah. A lot of my lyrics are inspired by the themes in MGS2. Cool. I find the whole story and meta nature of the game insanely interesting. The other games in the series, especially MGS5, really disappointed me for its lack of intensity in the story. It was too drawn out. I think MGS works best as a linear story. Can I just? Yeah, I, I want to get an amen to to this comment. Yeah, like uh, amen, yeah, amen, brother. Like MGS5. I'm not completely done with the game, but it's not been. I've been kind of disappointed as well. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I think MGS2 was the one that Kojima poured his heart and soul into the most. It seemed like the most far out and uncompromising out of the Metal Gear games I've played. So the MGS2 episodes on the podcast have been really interesting to hear other people discuss it. Especially after hearing that MGS2 was originally going to be called MGS3 just to mess with people. I have since... I have since done a little, a lot of research into development and history of MGS2 thanks to you guys. Oh man, it's such an amazing game. Did he say that? Yeah. Yes, he did. That's a direct quote. Yeah, dude. Yep. Well, and listen to next With week's the- episode, man, because we're gonna we're gonna go nuts on that yeah, stuff. We're, yeah. we're gonna go balls deep in this video game. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I um, I agree with that statement though. Just so, <laughs> just so you know. Yeah. All right, finally, a question. Which statement? The um, aw man, it's such an amazing game. <laughs> just the, the aw man deep. part. <laughs> just the balls deep part. Just the balls deep <laughs> Anyway. All right, finally, a question. I've seen and heard a lot of M- about MGS1, but I'm still yet to actually play it. Any advice of what I should play it on, PS1, or on the PlayStation Store, or the Twin Snakes remake? Also, what would you rank from favorite to least favorite Metal Gear games you've played so far? Sorry for the overly long message. Cheers. So real quick, yeah. Nick, that's so, not a question. You asked like f- <laughs> three questions there at the end. Don't get, stop giving this all man right, shit. Right. I know. I'm kidding. He. So first of all, not an overly long message. This is exactly what we asked for. So kudos and thank you. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, yes. Two. 
As far as, and I don't know, I'm going to go ahead and give my answer to the how should he play Metal Gear Solid 1 mm-hmm. question. Um, I think if you want to kind of save yourself from like the controls of the PlayStation 1 era in today's day and age, go ahead and play Twin Snakes. Um, as long as you're prepared for the fact that they do a lot of, they take a lot of liberties with... Uh, Sons of Liberty? Sn- yeah. Um, <laughs> with a Snake's acrobatic endeavors in this game. Um, and it's kind of, it's a little bit more Michael Bayish than the original game. Mm-hmm. If you don't care about um about controls and you're okay with the idea of playing a game that was made on the PS One and ha- looks like a game on the PS One, um, definitely try and get it from the PlayStation Store. It's not that expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's nine ninety nine. Yeah, it's like ten bucks, and the PlayStation Store version is just the playstation one version Mm -hmm. Uh, it's actually the exact same controls as mgs2 so if you it's it plays the exact same way minus first person so if the first person view is going to make or break it for you twin snakes is actually built on the mgs2 engine same graphics yeah so same Mm -hmm. graphics same controls same everything but if you want the original experience which i'm going to go ahead and say i love twin snakes but I would say if it's your first go around, you owe it to yourself to play the original. OG. Absolutely. Yeah. I would and say Isaac, what? I was going to say Isaac doesn't really have a frame of reference, but But I I mean I am curious Isaac like do you think with how dated it is and you just recently played it, like would you right. recommend it to somebody else in its current form or would you recommend oh, like yeah. an updated version? I'm kind of one of those people that kind of like to <clears throat> play or see or watch or hear something that um and it's something in its original state and i I mean i like remasters and whatnot but i if it's my first time watching it or first time playing or first time hearing i kind of like to hear the or play the og of it all (laughs) so the original gangster yeah (laughs) (laughs) but i all right i will say um I mean, I didn't play the original original because I don't have a PS. Well, I don't have the PS One version. So um, come over and play it. Yeah, it's um, so I would say the PlayStation Store and the physical copy are identical, like one hundred percent. Like I would say, yeah. the only thing that you're missing at all is like physically having to change your controller port and like having to actually flip open the disc tray whenever mm. you change the discs. But like other than that, it's identical. So gotcha. I would just play the digital version. Yeah, and I will say if um, if you have a PS3, I would recommend getting the Legacy Collection because it's like thirty Absolutely. bucks and you get like five. How many games is it? Five games. Yeah, the, the Legacy mm-hmm. Collection you get. Um, well, technically get seven Metal, games. You get Metal Gear Solid uh, oh, yeah. two, three, and four. A Peace Walker. So that's four. You get digital copies of one and VR missions, and then you also get copies of Metal Gear One and Metal Gear Two. Yeah. So eight. So eight. Oh yeah. Because um. Oh, and, and then you also digital get the, novel. the yeah the digital novels for Metal Gear Solid One and Metal Gear Solid Two. Well. So it's technically ten games. Mm-hmm. Um, and brand new, it's like like forty fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. Definitely yeah. worth it. And to play um Metal Gear One and Two, also for fans, we will cover them. And my thought process is that we'll get to them after MGS Three. Um, but Metal Gear 1 and 2, you have to actually access them through Metal Gear Solid 3 on the Legacy Collection um, because that's what they were shipped with whenever they came to the U.S. for the first time. 
Um, so they're not separate entries like on the menu. You actually have to go into MGS3 to get to them. Which confused me at first, and then I realized what was happening. So. Yeah. Um, don't get don't get caught. As far as uh, listing favorites from top to bottom, Isaac, I'm actually curious. So far, you've played two of them for the, ser- for the show. Which one mm-hmm. did you like most? And I will... I don't know. I know that you can't separate the two because very much so two relies on you having played one. Um, but which did you like between the two? In terms of, um, <clears throat> in terms of like entertainment, I would say two, just because one for me was super frustrating at a lot of I mean, a lot of the time, actually, to be honest. And one I feel like had a better. Um, I don't know atmosphere or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but we kinda, two kind of touched on that how like two is kind of way more sterile. Yeah, but I, I it was it's supposed to be like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I guess I preferred one's whole cinematic atmosphere and just kind of dirt grime. Um, yeah, it does but, feel like a dirty game. Like having replayed it for the show, yeah. like it just feels way grittier than I remembered as a kid. That could be the pixels that yeah the seeing. actual like <laughs> life sized pixels. Um, no, that's awesome, Giant. man. I so I think Peace Walker and Two are like way at the top of my list. Um, and I think as far as gameplay, I think Metal Gear Solid Four might be like the perfect culmination of Metal Gear. Um, I originally thought Five, like having played Five. Like most recently, I was like, dude, five is like the way Kojima wanted MGS to always be. But I almost think that, like, going back to like the linear structure, I almost think that the open world breaks the story so much that I think four is like that perfect in between where it's like, here's an open world to explore, but we're going to funnel you into these like uh, holds where like you have to go through this area to get to the rest of the game. And five isn't like that. Five, it's like you can fucking get on a helicopter and go you wherever wherever you want. Like, yeah. yeah. So, which I, is go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say. I think I honestly, and it's it's kind of weird for me to say it this way. Um, I think five is my least favorite. Yeah, I I so I think I think from a story perspective, four is my least favorite. But I think from a gameplay perspective and a story perspective. Five might be at the bottom of that list too, because I think by the end of it, like it just takes so fucking long to get anywhere in the story for five. And like, I don't feel like the payoff is worth the repetitive gameplay. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I, I don't know. I also haven't played it. I, I, I can't say for sure. Like I haven't played uh peace Walker much. Dude, like, Peace Walker is like- so good. Which I and, and I'm sure it is, and I I, I wholeheartedly believe that. Um, but I've just I I just never had a chance to play it. Um, and so I'm going to be going into it when we get to it finally uh, for the first time, um, which I'm excited about. But TJ actually kind of tells me that playing Peace Walker and having Peace Walker in three under your belt really helps to kind of boost the enjoyment of five a little bit. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. I agree with that. Um, I will say it will boost your enthusiasm for five, but it simultaneously makes you upset how little any of that shit matters in five. 
when it should matter like a lot. You know what I mean? So I think five might be that great tragedy. So I think by the time we get to five, we're going to just say, we're going to declare metal gear solid five is a fucking tragedy because it's amazing. But I feel like it was maybe like half of a, half a year of development time from being like truly amazing because yeah. so much was cut and so much didn't end up in the game that by the time it released, I 100% feel like it would have been way better if they would have delayed it. Yeah. But anyway, cool. Um, Sam, did you have yeah. a different response to that besides what you already said? No, I'm, that's about it. Okay, sweet. Um, I, I, I guess, I guess I, I guess I should say, yeah, what's your favorite? Probably two. Probably is my favorite. Choose the one that I have the most memories with, because mm. because because one was like one of the first video games I ever played, but I was a lot younger the first time I played it. Two was the first time like I ever remember being crazy excited for the video game, mm. um, and I played it so many times that it's just like I it's ingrained in my brain how to play it at this point, and it kind of baffles me and and kind of upsets me a little bit that I didn't know there were stairs on the right side of the <laughs> fucking. <laughs> <laughs> fucking arsenal so yeah let's move on yeah we didn't show any DC- love to three i'm just gonna go ahead and say that's because three is so good that like we can't even talk about it like yeah we're, we're gonna show all of our love for three here in the next yeah episode. it's a great game it's a great game yeah. um on the facebook page we got a facebook message from dcd mario's quick little message saying that, i'm going in guys I'm gonna buy the collection today and play along you guys are only on two so i'll have to jog at a fast pace to catch you all and we reassured him that it's going to be a little bit before we get to three, so he has plenty of time. I'm also going to go and throw this out there. I feel like Konami should be sending us royalty checks with the number of people who we've gotten to buy the Legacy Collection. There you go. <laughs> um, cool. I'm going to take this next one. This is from Josh Dykes via the Facebook page. Um, I'd just like to say that you guys have been a staple of my hour-and-a-half-long commute to work every morning. Thanks, Josh. Um, I, too, come to you guys from searching on iTunes for Metal Gear, and I've been impressed with y'all's banter ever since. Um, as for MGS2, I went back and played the game to keep up with the podcast, and I was impressed by how surreal the game's final moments are. Not knowing much about Solid Snake as a character, I played the Twin Snakes years ago. I really connected with Raiden, and not really knowing what the hell was going on. Solid as Snake is a, was a fun villain, and then he says question mark, and I really dug the <laughs> sword fight at the end after all of the utter humiliation Raiden was put through. Gameplay-wise, this game take takes a bit of getting used to after multiple play sessions of Metal Gear Solid 3 and 5. Did you guys miss the tank controls from 3 as much as I did when playing 2, or am I just a crazy person? Anyway, I think it's cool that you guys are filling in the gaps of the story for those of us that missed out on the other games in the series. I can't wait to hear y'all's thoughts on 3, my favorite, and keep up the good work. Um, I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there. So, if by tank controls, um, you mean that you can use like the D-pad to kind of like walk slowly... Um, I don't know. So when I, when I hear tank controls, like I don't think any of the metal gear games have tank controls because tank controls to me is like OG resident evil. Yeah. Oh my God. Where you have to like turn into a direction before you can actually move in that direction and like yeah. reverse slowly. And I think, I guess MGS three has a little bit of that because you can kind of spin snake in place a little bit, but I, yeah. but I guess I don't know what you mean necessarily, Josh, because I feel like. They all are like point analog stick in direction, go in that direction. So I guess, I mean, so what I pull from this is I think 
MGS 1, 2, and 3 all have like a little bit of like a slower kind of mechanical control scheme. And then I think from 4 onward, it kind of became a little bit more like Gears of War, kind of like flowy. Um, yeah. So I don't know if that's what you're talking about, but um, I I don't know. I After playing 5, like bouncing between 5 and 2 while we've been doing the podcast, um, I will say it took a shit load of time for me to get readjusted. And I prefer the original Metal Gear control scheme, but I think 5's controls work for what it's trying to do. What do you guys think, Sam? Um, I can kind of agree with that. I don't know if I would call them tank controls. I can kind of see where he was going with that frame, because I don't know that I would I would have a word to describe him. I guess tank controls would be the closest I could come up with, but um, uh, I, I can kind of see. Mm-hmm. Did you prefer the older controls, or do you like the newer ones? Um. I think I I liked the controls a lot in four. Um, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of the controls in five, um, which I guess uh, which I guess uh, might translate into Peace Walker a little bit. But, uh, I think so. Peace Walker is actually more similar to like three. I would say oh, yeah. um, actually four because you can actually like move while while crouched. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'd say four and Pe- so four and Peace Walker came out at like the same time. Yeah. So did. the two of them control pretty similarly. But hmm, sweet. Um, Isaac, I'm gonna read this first part. Um, but uh, like the little header part. But I'll let you read the first half of the actual email. Yeah. Um. So never be game over. Which if you've played MGS Five is written on the back of Eli's jacket. Um. Which I love. Um, but never be game over is also the Facebook page for the Reddit MGS page. Um, and this is a fellow who contacted us through that Facebook page. Um, Hmm. so, so the email did have a name, but I didn't want to read that name via email. Um, so I'll just refer as the page name. Um, and if you want to write in with some more stuff on a future episode and you want us to read your name, feel free. Um, but I just wanted to refer to him as never be game over. Um, so Isaac, take it away. So, NBGO says, MGS2 is actually pretty unique in that it's almost absent of historical substance. It's mostly focused on the time that it existed. True. It's far more meaty in in the uh, philosophy department. You know, that postmodern stuff. You're the player pretending to be a hero who's pretending to be a hero who lives the uh, previous game's events and meets the actual hero. I'm pretty sure you guys noted the origins of Fat Man's name. If not, now you know that he's named after the atomic bomb that was detonated over Nagasaki um, during World War II. Huh, that's cool. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. Um, That's where I was going with last episode about Raiden's name. Uh, I was thinking about this email. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And this is the fellow who uh, is actually super, super generous, and I can't thank you enough, um, who is... uh, told us that he wants to be sort of our historical reference moving forward so yeah. he would love to give us feedback from a history perspective because that's what he is coming to these as um he's got a background in history um and so i thought it was super neat and there's tons of links in this message that i will put into the show notes hmm. that's really cool um so he links to the blog um and he says this blog post is from a game developer that I really admired for writing it, but is more of a thesis than anything. 
One thing I find odd that really seems silly, if you're familiar with it, is Jack's child soldier background. Apparently, he fought as a Caucasian boy in the first Liberian Civil War. However, it was mostly an ethnic war, so it's unlikely he would have had would have identified with any faction, although ethnicity of or nationality is not determined by one's skin color, but rather their shared language, cultural perspective, borders, and economic situation. It seems a bit silly that Jack would have uh, repressed these details of his life for so long, because uh, he would have an ax- He would have he would have an accent or some kind of verbal habits that would stand out, or at least to the player. It would make a lot more sense if Jack was black. Tenacious D. Is that a a pun? Jack Black. Jack Black. Jack Black. Kung Fu Panda Three in theaters. Oh God! Anyway. Official sponsor of Metal Gear Monday. <laughs> <laughs> huh? That's interesting. Um, I don't so even know you... if it actually is in theaters yet. I don't care. Yeah. C- continue, Isaac. <laughs> Kojima is undoubtedly a leftist, although maybe not so progressive on the question of women. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> With quiet and MGS five, I will I will say he is not so progressive in the question of women. <laughs> no. So he's not really thinking about these things, but he's working this in because of the involvement of the U.S. of the of the Patriots in this case. And the conditions created by the way of finance capital that laid the groundwork for the conflict. And then he links us to another article. Huh. Wow. Um, are, are you commenting on the article that you're totally reading right now? Huh. Am wow. I read- <laughs> Let me read the article real quick. <laughs> the whole article. <laughs> I, like, I like this Google Doc you're live highlighting. Oh, yeah. Can- you like it? Oh, no. You're pink. Anyway. You're pink. Um, so I'll, I'll catch up from here. So more on that here, and he links another article. From the perspective of another leftist, or a communist in this case, journal of an organization that has been disbanded for quite some time, everything before the headline, The Clash Struggle, are unbiased facts about the money flow in that conflict. But I think this is really the most history you can genuinely bleed out of this particular game, and it honestly has very little impact on the story. The only other history worth noting in MGS2 is really just the in-game history, which y'all have pretty much covered pretty well at this point. In fact, I never really thought about it, but almost all of MGS2's history is self-contained. I promise that I promise that I'll be a lot more useful when you guys get to MGS3. I'll play alongside y'all to brush up too. Oh, and you may have known this, but I think this is the last, if not one of the last MGS games that featured the classic that classic unmistakable theme song that we all love so much. Here's why. And he links a YouTube video. It turns out Tappy, and then he said spelling, question mark, the, <laughs> the composer behind the MGS theme, actually stole the song from an old Soviet composer. Here's the entire original version, and there's a YouTube link. And here's a video that compares both versions, another YouTube link. I love both versions, but I'm not going to lie. The MGS version is superior, even if it's basically theft. Although I'm not entirely sure that everything made during the existence of the Soviet Union isn't technically public domain because, you know, communism and collective ownership. (laughs) He said, if I'm repeating anything that you've already mentioned in the show, it's only because we're all super fans and we all know the same shit. I feel like you guys had mentioned the whole John Carpenter plagiarism stuff I recall recently. I recall if I recall correctly, you may have also mentioned the music thing, too. And yeah, thank you so much for the super robust history background. I really loved it. Um, can't wait for. I'm really yeah. I was gonna say I'm really excited about seeing what he has to say about three. Well, and I'm gonna go ahead and throw out a spoiler. MGS three likes to uh, just randomly take bits of history that 
like strengthen its story, but like ignore other bits of history that may yeah. may not strengthen its story. Um, but I, I will say from this point forward, so MGS one and MGS two have all been like future geared. Um, but it seems like three, five peace Walker and portable ops are all like, and ground zeros are all like Kojima commenting on historical events that he lived through. So it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see like how the story is uh, different because of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's interesting because like a majority of the series other than four and I guess Metal Gear Rising, if you consider that canon, um, kind of looks to the past. So we never really get further in the future than like MGS4, which is only like three or four years after two. Which technically Rising is the first, I think Rising is the furthest in the future it goes if you want to consider that canon. Yeah, and like that is so gameplay focused and doesn't really give a shit about narrative that like yeah. it's not even really too much story. Yeah. But but yeah, so super interesting stuff, man. Um, Sam, do you want to take this last one? This one final one uh, actually use the contact form on our website, which you can go to geekti.me. Uh, slash WP slash contact or go to the main site and click the little clever little button in the top corner that says contact. Um, but this is a nifty little form that goes directly to our admin email. I check that every day. It goes to my phone. I check it before each and every episode we record. So you'll be sure that we'll get it if you send it to that email. But um, from the OG Ziggy Nikki Nikki oh, Z Nick Ziggler Nikki Ziggy <laughs> Stardust back up in here. Okay. What? <laughs> was, was that Ali G? It was Ali G. I had to throw in a little Ali G for our UK listeners that we're paying attention to now. Buyakasha. <laughs> Nikki Z Ali G. Nikki Z Ali G. Nikki Z. Nick Ziggler. So he. <laughs> I hope Nick is just bright fucking red listening to I this hope right so now. too. <laughs> um, Buyakasha. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> So Nick says, <laughs> OG Nicky Z. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm never going to be able to do this. Sam, Nick, you drove the Nick. car straight into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> the elusive Sam Wright hyena laugh, ladies and gentlemen. Nick, you killed him. Oh God. So Nick <laughs> Oh my God. You're my favorite. Um, so as you know, I have expressed interest <laughs> with discussing MGS3 with you guys on the show, but I have a confession. I have not played MGS2. Ooh, <gasps> good insert, Lord. Insert gasps. Cue it here. <gasps> um, <laughs> that's for you, Alexia. Um, I know, I know, sacrilege. It's true, though. But I do have a small, funny story to tell about it. I recently got a friend into the MGS series, and since he has a PS3, he got the Legacy Collection and played through it. Send us another check, Konami. Seriously, send us another check and tell your friend if he doesn't already to listen to the show and, and talk to us. Um, so one night, he was at my house, hanging out, playing his PS3 while I watched, and just after the section where Ocelot shot the president, he got lost or something and was wandering around trying to find out where to go. I was doing something else at the time, so I wasn't watching him while he was wandering, but I looked away from what I was doing and watched him wander into the room with the dead president, pop into first person, raise his pistol, shoot twice, and quickly leave the room. I started laughing, and my friend was like, what? To which I responded, do you realize how surreal what you just did was? And he didn't seem to realize what I was talking about. I had to explain to him that it's not a very normal thing to shoot a dead president for no reason. (laughs) I still tease him about it from time to time. (laughs) 
Anyway, that's my story. In the moment, it was hilarious, and it's honestly the only significant story I have with MGS2. And what a fucking story. <laughs> yeah, you should probably, if your friend could not, like, register on his radar why that was fucked up, like... <laughs> you, we, we So, send him our way, we'll talk to him a little bit. We, we may need to give him some, uh, some uh, therapy. Yeah, yeah, pro tip, don't shoot dead people, because that's, yeah. that's fucked up and Just wrong. Just like, well, number one, don't shoot people in general. Yeah. Number rule two, one, don't shoot, don't shoot rule people. One, num- rule two, don't shoot dead people. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> anyway, thank you, thank you for that that little anecdote. Yeah, and getting us uh, to say the words "dead president" on our yeah, on our oh, dead president. We've been flagged. Like, Don't shoot yeah. the president. We've been flagged. Oh my god! This podcast is going to so, be dismantled by the NSA by tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. So thank you, OG Nikki Z. Buyakasha. 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 Well, sweet. Yeah, dude. And I actually just realized something. This is funny. So I have a single young male living next door to me and my wife, and we have not spoken to him or like had a kind of a, I don't know. We've not had an excuse to like say, Hey yet, but like I've seen him go in and out of the house. Um, Do you want to just like say hey to this weird young man? Well, no, I normally just say hey to my neighbors and stuff. But oh. um, so he, but he, oh, because you're a social person. <laughs> but he had a friend come over, and I saw a friend leave his house with a PS3 in his hand. So they, how fucking did it look re- like they were? How re- did it look like they were intimate? How, no, how, <laughs> it, I'm sorry for bringing it up. <laughs> I, I appreciate your callback. Um, but uh, no, how how weird would it be if 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 all things are as small world as MGS would make it out to be? How weird would it be if Nikki Z is my neighbor? Oh man, yeah, Nikki Z. But I'm gonna go and say, oh gee, Nikki Z in the place to be, Nick, that is not an invitation for you to go introduce yourself to your neighbor who may not be me. So. <laughs> Just yeah. So now Nick and myself are going to be awkwardly staring at our neighbors for the next few weeks. Well, see now I'm going to go. Okay, never mind. I'm just not going to say anything because <laughs> it was about to be really creepy. Well, right on. So I think there were three quick things from last week's episode that we 100% said to each other that we would say at the end of the episode and never, <laughs> and never totally said. Didn't. Oh, so yeah, we're going to say that right now. Well, wait um, a second. Didn't we have another review? Oh yeah, Sam. Oh yeah. So this was uh, another iTunes review on the American. So this one <laughs> on had the to have America popped side. up <laughs> on the American side of things. This one had to have popped up um, like hours before we started recording because um, we, this wasn't here before. But it was another five star review by Tamele twenty eight T M E L E twenty eight. Is that Tamale? Um, Tamale twenty eight. <laughs> 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 uh, Welcome to the no, show where we mispronounce I, everything. Yeah, Apiarian. Yeah, well, let's go with this that. This is one. a Meadle, Meadle Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> we play Metal Gear Solid in Soviet Russia. <laughs> in Soviet Russia, Metal Gear Solid. That's, a, play that's MGS3, all right? Yeah, I know. Save it. Sokolov. Anyway, um, to Melee 28, I was going to go ahead and say, or <laughs> T, T Melee 28. Fuck it. Oh, fuck it. Um, yo, T Dog. Uh, it's just, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those, uh, those of you guys are awesome. Love the show. Definitely fun reminiscing the old Metal Gear games. So thank you to Molly28 yeah. for that review. And join in on the reminiscing. Send us a letter. Yeah. Uh, P.O. Box. Uh, <laughs> no, God, no. Don't do that. No. I would love to open one, a snail mail account oh just to God. get handwritten letters. 
Do you want to subscribe to a P.O. box? <laughs> yeah. We'll talk to you guys. We'll let you know when that becomes a thing. Yeah. Uh, sweet. So really quickly, too, I don't know, fans that follow the Facebook page, I actually had a good friend and listener send me a beautiful care package over the holidays, of, of which I will reciprocate soon. I apologize. It's been crazy. Um, but I was sent a beautiful care package that included one T-shirt that said, No Place for H- Hideo. Um, which, which is was like the which was the the phrase that was used in the run up to Metal Gear Solid Four. Oh, it was also in three. Um, was it? Yeah, well, it was like a promo where it was a bunch of director chairs, and there was a director oh. chair that had Hideo's name on it, and then the name fell off, and it was a different director. And then yeah. there was like uh, I think on the back of one of the chairs it said "No Place for Hideo," um, I but I know that, that it re- yeah. resurfaces. Yeah, uh, MGS three was almost directed by a completely different person. Um, but anyway, so I got a nice shirt that said no place for Hideo. And then I also got some calorie mate. Yeah. So when you play MGS three, Isaac, there is some product placement and okay. some of the food you can eat in the game because you have to eat to maintain your stamina gauge, um, is calorie mate, which is a Japanese like Scottish shortbread cookie, but it's made to give you energy and the same nutrients as a full meal. Um, and I got a, a package of it sent in the mail and it's delicious. So, hmm. um, yeah. And that's not us saying like, please send us gifts, but that's just me saying like <laughs> that happened and it was neat and metal gear you, related. PO box. Yeah. But please send us, gifts. <laughs> but really, yeah, but really please send us gifts. Really, send me candy. Um, I can't remember what the drink from MGS three is called. Um, but there was balls. A, no, I wish there was a <laughs> there was a drink. Uh, there was a drink in MGS three that was also um, licensed. And if I remember correctly, and I'll include it in the show notes, there was a um, an ad campaign for the drink on TV that Solid Snake appeared in as like a trade between the two, which I thought was really funny. Um, but yeah, so anyway, that's been our show. Um, the last three things that we wanted to talk about were from last episode. I'm trying to recall. Number one. So we've totally skipped over the fact that fat man was an agent of the Patriots sent to test Raiden's skills, essentially. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He was like the yeah. field, like the midterm, I guess. Yeah. The mid, the, the midterm, the Raiden, midterm but, exam. Um, we also miss the fact that when Solidus dies, he kind of falls, he falls down off of the top of the building and onto a statue of George Washington, mm-hmm. um, which was another spot of symbolism. Yeah. And that it leads to the other thing that we missed, which was, um, it's kind of like the finale to the metal metaphor throughout the, the, the game that, um, the terrorist group that Solidus put together, which I think we mentioned once in passing is called the sons of Liberty. Um, and I think this goes back to the comment that we read earlier where it said Solidus was a fun villain question mark. Um, replaying the game, I guess and Solidus is kind of a dick. So you might, you might kind of miss his whole point, but I definitely realized that like he was fighting to take over America from the Patriots and to bring about an American democracy. So, he, so he maybe he, is he, wasn't is he a bad really guy. a villain. Yeah, I think he yeah. may have been a good guy, but just a really shitty human being. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Hmm. We'll leave that up to you guys to decide. Um, but yeah, so those were the three things we missed. Um, for sure, like us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Metal Gear Mondays. Um, check us out on SoundCloud and Facebook at Geek Time Pod for the whole network. Uh, go to geekti.me for the website for the network. 
Uh, check out all, all of our great shows. Um, Sam just released a wonderful podca- podcast called May We Have a Word, where he spends 30 to 45 minutes talking to somebody about a word and what that word evokes to them and stories about that word. The first episode was the word begin, um, appropriately enough, and it actually featured me. Um, so if you like me and Sam, uh, check that out. Um, and listen to the rest of the show as it comes out. Um, and also our uh, good friend from the network, Aaron DePasquale, just released um, a show called The Week in Geek, which is a uh, geek uh, news podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, as you as you hear this episode, he will be two episodes deep. Yeah, so definitely check that out. Uh, search it on your podcast application. Um, as always, leave us a... Uh, oh, really quick, really quick. So you're going to talk about iTunes reviews. Uh-huh. If you type in geekti.me in the search bar of iTunes, in the podcast section, it's all of our shows. Oh, and it could just be geek time without the dot. Yeah, that that works too. Um, but just to kind of like foolproof it, if you want to do the dot, you can. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't realize that when I set up the feeds that me putting geek time as the author ties them all together because i'm a dummy mm. um so if you just type in geek time in the search box you'll get a you'll get the first results for everything is going to be our podcast which is great because mm-hmm. if you want to subscribe i will say for those of you that look to us to be your monday morning commute um or tuesday morning commute um if you subscribe to the other shows i'm going to go ahead and throw this out there you might actually have something to listen to most days during your commute so yeah. I know that your time is valuable and I'm not asking you to spend all of your time listening to what we're doing. Um, but if you are looking for something to listen to, there you go right there because we've got stuff coming out pretty much all week, not all week, yeah. but most of the week. Yeah. Cause I know. So this is obviously Monday. Um, word is on Wednesday. Um, there's going to be a new show. Um, when is this episode coming out? Let me, let me, let me, let me do a little, little I believe thing it is the 25th. Yep. Um, so coming up next week on Tuesday, the second, um, the first episode of toast, which is an anime show where me and my friend Kevin sit down and watch anime and make fun of it and each other. Mystery um, science theater 3000 style straight up, um, with special guest, uh, third chair, Dan and the cat. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that's going to start coming out uh, on the second of February on Tuesdays. So, and then. The Geek Time podcast comes out on Fridays every other Friday, so definitely check that out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and we're trying to build a thing. So if you guys have any feedback on the other shows, um, we're just trying to build the network and have some cool shows for you guys to listen to network-wide. Um, so yeah, but all of that being said, you can also check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash Pod if you would like to fiscally contribute financially contribute to uh the idea of the network and what we're trying to build um because we're trying to build it for you guys so and we'd love to um not ever have to go to sponsors and fill your ears with a bunch of advertisement um we would love to be able to sustain the show just based on uh listeners so um yeah so check that out and uh yeah Guys, I think that's fucking everything. I feel like we've been talking for forever. It's been a long recording night. Um, Isaac, did you have anything you wanted to say? <laughs> Excuse me, uh, shy, lacking in confidence one. Did you have that anything? That is me. That is me. Mush, mushy and oh, mushy and flavorless Asian sir. <laughs> oh my god! This is my favorite. This 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 is my favorite part of every episode where we ask Isaac yes, what you say. 
I'm the tofu man. <laughs> and you can find me in the tofu store <laughs> under okay, under the the shrimp. Okay. <laughs> Hear me out. What you store, see where I'm going? What store do you go to that shrimp above tofu? The grocery store. That's not like tofu's in the produce though. Has have working in food my entire life. It's also a terrible idea to put seafood above tofu. <laughs> that tofu's going to taste like shrimp. I'm in I should, the. I'm I in took the, a fucking uh, look. I took a fucking surf safe class. Okay. <laughs> to this day, I'm even though I don't work in the food industry anymore, I'm still surf safe certified. <laughs> Oh, Get nice. the fuck out Say of here putting rom surf safe certified. Well, I, f- I can fucking do it. Uh, to this day, so don't fucking tell me that the, uh, any self-respecting grocery store stores meat above other foods. This because that's is... not okay. That is a health violation. <laughs> God damn it! We don't stand for that here. Isaac. No, we don't stand for health violations. Well, Continue. I mean, this, is, this is an Asian market, so... Oh, my oh, God. Okay. That makes sense. Isaac, <laughs> hey, guys, Isaac said it. We didn't say it. <laughs> anyway. So you're, to- you're underneath the shrimp? So if you if you go there, you will see me packing up boxes of tofu. <laughs> and? Is that it? That's it. <laughs> you, can also go to, you can also go to doesn'thaveatwit.com slash Twitter. Yeah. Yep. Is that how that works? Tell me, Isaac. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I forgot to plug. So Sam is on Twitter at at Sam Wright DPS, and I'm at AC Summerfield. And if I'm what I was gonna say, if you want to tweet at us, go ahead, Isaac. Okay, and then you can tweet at me at at doesn't have a twit. <laughs> Well, I still don't understand the. Okay, I'll just. No, no, you did that right this time. Did I do it right? <laughs> yeah. <just Yes. laughs> and you can tweet at Isaac, but that means that Isaac has to use his Twitter. You guys, if you tweet at Isaac, you may not know how to respond. <laughs> you, you receive a response in 10 to 15 business days via carrier pigeon. Yeah, Isaac may have the body of a uh, mid 20 year old, but he has the Twitter capabilities of a 45 That's or right. 50 year old. That's right. Not to discourage our forty to fifty year old listeners, I'm just saying you should have put like a you should have said like a really like out there age range That's because true. we definitely had at least two reviews. That's true. This episode, but guys, mid thirties to early forties. But let's be real, guys. Those listeners are are cool forty year olds. Yeah, we're talking about the the not cool forty year. We're talking about like my dad. <laughs> yeah. 40, 50 year old. Not to make you feel old, because Sam just said his dad is your age, but <laughs> I feel like we're just digging a hole, so we're just going to stop sorry, right no, here. My Sam's dad, dad is rad, remember? Yeah, that's my right. My dad is rad. I, no, so speaking of maybe we have a word, I did an episode of that with my dad, and that was rad. It was so, a rad dad. My, I have a rad dad. All right, we're spiraling out of control. I'm going to put a cork five, in five, six or Five, five, six. And pineapples. pineapples. Yeah, all right. We're done. We're done here. Isaac. We're Isaac. done here. Is there, Isaac, is there something that they should remember? It's just a box. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shut it down. Just a box.